We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Double L-E-N. What up, baby? It's been a while since we've done a podcast through Zoom. It's like pandemic days. Well, it's a pandemic. Lockdown days. Yeah, yeah. Legit lockdown days. <laughs> Even though but... New York's on lockdown right now. Good Lord. My God, yo. This fucking snow, dude. Unbelievable. Could you imagine? Like, What was the year? It was Seattle, Denver when it was Super Bowl week here. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, and there was some snow. There was some snow. I remember I tore my ACL that year. So I was Oof. maneuvering. Yeah, I had gotten surgery late December. So I was maybe like five or six weeks out of surgery. And I'm just like crutching around the city doing Super Bowl experiences with uh, Espo. I didn't have crutches. I just lied to you. But I had a stone cold knee brace on. Hey, that's even cooler. That is even cooler. <laughs> but we're here, man. You know, it's... uh. It's an interesting, interesting week. We're obviously not recording in person because of the fucking snowstorm that hit. That's why we opened up that conversation like that. Mm-hmm. So it is a Super Bowl, though. We are here. We're going to break down the game. If you haven't checked it out yet, the betting pod with Cody from Full Slate, that's strictly betting props, strictly favorite plays and shit like that. This one's going to be more of a game preview. Alan, I want to ask you this question first to start us off with the conversation are the right two teams here 
I'm going to say no. I think better situational management coaching, Green Bay should be here. I feel the same way. Yeah. And you can make also argument better quarterback play. The Saints, you can make a case for the Saints as well because I thought the Saints were outplaying them the first three quarters. They were. They were outplaying them. There's something about that Saints game that has me – I have a very strong take for the Super Bowl. Like, I, I mean, like, I haven't heard anyone. Why are you hesitating? What? Don't hesitate. No, no, it's gonna it's gonna come down to my prediction at the end. Oh, you know what I'm okay. saying so, like, but <clears throat> the, the right AFC team is here. I mean, when they won the Super Bowl last year, I was like, "Yo, just get the banner ready. They're gonna win it again." The Chiefs are here. No complaints about the Chiefs. I know for the most part, you know what the Chiefs remind me of, Allen. They've built up enough cachet with me where they can barely beat a team like jacksonville by like a touchdown right like they could cruise through the regular season i don't care but then every now and then like that baltimore game earlier this year monday night football where they really just fucking blow the doors off the team and then like obviously what they've done in the playoffs too i know the the browns game was a little misleading the final box score but you know it was 19-3 and the chiefs had the ball right like that game was gonna i bet the chiefs to win on the alternative point spread minus 16 and a half and i was chilling at one point but then Mahomes went down. So the right team is there from the AFC. I do think that Green Bay should have been here. And I know when Taron hears this, he's going to text me and be like, you asshole, I'm trying to get over the pain. But it was weird, man. It was weird. Though it is the first time a team is playing a Super Bowl in their host stadium. So fitting that it happens during a COVID year, no? Yeah, it's just the worst time possible. There's going to be about 20,000 fans and then about 30,000 cutouts. Um, do you think the fans are going to play a role in this game, Alan? No. First of all, Tempe is not really known to be like this, you know, hostile place. And then also, I think, was it 8,000 of the tickets are going to like healthcare workers mm. or essential workers? So I can't see this being a riot virus. If anything, it'll probably be split. Because you got to think there's going to be some Kansas City fans there, as it usually is for a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Chiefs fans definitely travel. And also, it's not that far of a commute, right? Fucking Kansas City to Tampa Bay. It's not. Mm-hmm. You're not going from Seattle to Miami. Like, it's they're, relatively close. They're, they're a passionate fan base, too. They they will pull out all the stops. I don't know if they've been hit by the snowstorm, but they will still find a way. What do you think about... There's one thing that I'm starting to really gravitate to, and it's the head coach matchup. Man, I can't find it in me to see Andy Reid get outcoached by Bruce Arians. Damn, you're underselling Bruce Arians like that? Yo, I just think with the extra time to prepare, everybody knows about the the, the record that Andy Reid has after a bye. It's like something absolutely ridiculous. I think he's lost like four times in his career off of a bye. And now, you know, this is basically a bye week as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I, I think it's a significant edge for the Chiefs and Andy Reid over Arians in Tampa Bay. And you also have to look at and it's going to put a big smile on your face, but big game Spags we saw against Buffalo. He knows that game plan. Spags was bringing some serious heat on Josh Allen. And look, Super Bowl setting, he knows the thing or two about generating pressure against Tom Brady. So. And these are things you have to account for. I think people aren't giving Spagnuolo enough credit. You know what he did against Buffalo. You haven't seen Josh Allen look that 
uh, rattled in quite some time. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Tampa, uh, Kansas City has definitely a coaching advantage, but I do like Tampa's coaching staff. You know, you salute the top bowls. I thought he did a very well job, very good job of just preparing for Aaron Rodgers and you know, trying to take him off his game. So I think this, similar to last year, I think, you know, the coaching staffs on both teams, it's as good as it gets. You know, the, the Chiefs had a little bit of a COVID scare with the backup center and Demarcus Robinson. Um, not really sure what the status of them is going to be. We are recording this late Tuesday evening just because of scheduling and the snowstorm that happened. So I know that they have to pass. They have to get tested five straight days in order to be eligible for that one. But, dude, how would you feel if you're a player? And like you get COVID this week and you can't play in the Super Bowl. I want to say, I want to make this exact comparison, but like I think you could somewhat like make it comparable, but like Joel Batonio on Cleveland, he was out for, he's been there for what, seven years? He's been times where they've won zero games in a season and then they finally get to the playoffs and he missed against Pittsburgh. Now, granted, he was able to play against Kansas City, but it's, you can make it comparable in the sense of you work all your life for this moment and now, because of a virus that you're not really in control of. Now you can miss the game because of it. It's heartbreaking. So similar to like Petonio, you look at, you know, Austin Ryder and uh, Demarcus Robinson, it's just like, what more can I do? It's like you work all your life for this moment. And now it's being taken away from me for something that I can't be in control of. It's, it sucks, but I think we'll know by Friday if they could play. You know, Robinson is someone that, you know, he's kind of like a gadget player. You could use him on end of rounds. You know, he's somewhat of a deep threat. So, I do think if he does play, he could be a difference maker. Yeah. Do you know how these guys tested positive for COVID? Did you see the report? I did not. They got haircuts and their barber was positive. Oh, man. Well, that guy just lost a whole lot of clients. <laughs> so, yo, uh, Tyreek Hill said that for Super Bowl opening night festivities yesterday, well, Monday night, right? They flew in their barbers and they had them quarantine and get tested first so they could look fly for media row. <laughs> media row on Zoom. Like, man, <laughs> that's what we're doing this year? Because you know, it, it's weird because like, there's not a lot of buzz right now just because you'll have that Super Bowl night where everyone's in the same room and you're getting all these interviews and you know, there's different things going. Like I uh, shot to Lindsay Jones. She works at Flex. She was talking about this is like the first year I don't have to compete with a mascot to ask questions because Super Bowl media night's crazy. There's just celebrities there. It's like a whole event. So it's interesting how they're doing it this year. Yo, that's true. I do feel like the the buzz for the Super Bowl is rather lackluster. And correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you say that this was the most compelling Super? Remember we did that before the uh, the conference championship. Well, I think we did matchup wise. Oh, in terms of oh the conference man. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like this like was the one that was yeah. for storylines and the most compelling matchup, like for media row and shit. Was this one you picked? Yeah, uh, I just man, I think no wait, did I pick Green? Oh, I picked for the matches, but I thought Green Bay would have been more interesting. And I don't know. I just think people look at that Green Bay Tampa Bay game. It's like wow, they really waste opportunities. So I think just seeing that in the fall of Rogers because when you look back on this season, like. Aaron Rodgers is like one of the first names you think of. You really don't think of Tom Brady. Nah, I don't think that's fair, bro. I think you definitely think of Tom Brady this year. He left the Patriots and went to a new team. Like no, that I'm was... talking about his, I'm talking about his his performance on the field, not storyline. Oh, like, story I'm talking okay. about when you think of like the top performers, you don't think of him. But no, of course, the storyline was like one of the biggest things ever. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you. If you you look back at this 2020 season, I think you're thinking of you're thinking of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I guess I guess a comeback year, sort of, depending on how you felt about him the last couple of years. Or revenge tour. Revenge tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it being the COVID the COVID yeah. season. Um, all right, man. Let's let's dive a little bit more into this game, and in particular, I want to start the conversation off with what what do you think is the biggest matchup of the Super Bowl? And when I when I say this, I want like either position unit versus position unit or player matchup. I really want to see how Tampa Bay tries to contain Tyreek Hill because you look at that first matchup, they were hopeless. Like they, whether it was Carlton Davis or Sean Murphy bunting, they were isolated against Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill essentially did whatever he wanted. Now, Mahomes made some tremendous throws, but you look at the separation on a couple of those touchdowns, like Tyreek Hill was just blowing past everyone. So I'm curious if Todd Bowles decides to play more zone or you're just going to have you know, safety help over top. Because I think Carlton Davis is quietly having good playoffs. I know Murphy Bunting's got on the headlines, even though he got away with about three PIs in that Green Bay game. We'll see if he gets away with it again. But you know, I think Carlton Davis would be the one you want to see match up against Tyreek Hill. But like there's there's just moments that Tyreek Hill does stuff that no other receiver can do. Like you look at that slant against Buffalo, like he took a what should have been like a seven yard slant and turned it into like a forty three yard gain. Like it was absurd. So um, you know, I know everyone's gonna think, you know, Kelsey's also a big part of it, but to me it's just how they contain Tyreek Hill. Just instead of allowing two hundred yards, maybe try to keep it to seventy five hundred yards, maybe they'll have a chance. But you know, that's not on my on because you know, that first game was big. You know, it was a 425, the CBS game. Romo, Nance were doing their thing. People really wanted to see it. And I think that game was a bit of a, a I don't know, change of the curve. I don't know what phrase you want to use for this. But, like, I think that Tam- that was like a soul-searching moment for Tampa Bay because they lost that game. And there was starting to be major doubt about where they were headed. And then they proceeded to win a couple of games. So, um, I think how they contain Tyreek Hill is the biggest matchup I'm looking at. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling that 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 was going to be something you were going to mention. So I do want to just elaborate a little bit more. The, the game that he had was 13 for 269 and three. Oh, wow. And, like he had 200 yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. It was really out of control. Carlton Davis mm-hmm. has actually had a really good season this year. It's just it's that he and I remember there was one week where I was cutting his ass. I was like, I think it might have been the Devonte Adams when he came back from injury and they played Tampa Bay the first time, I was like, dude, I'm going to play Devonte Adams in fantasy, you know, like daily fantasy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not scared of fucking Carlton Davis and he's balled out. But what happened with Tyreek in that game? Like that's also a career game, bro. You're never having a game like that again. Right. 13 for 269 and three. Like the, the, only, <laughs> the only, the only one that's probably achievable for Tyreek Hill would probably be like, another three touchdown game like getting mm-hmm. 13 catches is crazy bro and 269 is wild like yeah 269 it's like okay you gotta have at least have two 50 yard plus plays Jeez, for real um, and he right. is the he is the machine at doing that but just to do in the same game against you know very good defense it's hard I, i'm gonna get super nerdy on this one um i am going in the trenches for what i think is the biggest matchup And it's no Eric Fisher for the Chiefs. And if you remember, Alan, that first meeting between the Chiefs and the Bucks, they were getting after Pat Mahomes, bro. Especially in the second half. In the second half, especially, yes. So now you remove 
their best tackle, their left tackle from the equation. And I think Shaq Barrett, I talked about it on the betting pod. I know I'm getting crazy, Alan, but, you know, he can have a, a, a Von Miller type of game with no Eric Fisher there. And maybe he gets, maybe it's a 21-24 game and the Chiefs are driving and, and Shaq Barrett or JPP, like whoever it ends up on that side without the starting left tackle there, I think is going to be the biggest matchup here for especially, you know, Kansas City likes those, the Wasp. I was just watching the Wasp play from the Super Bowl last year uh, where it's like a seven-step drop and it's third and 15. Like, if you want to do some shit like that, you want Tyreek Hill to run that one play where he literally just drags deep 40 yards across the field, you're going to need time to throw the ball. So with no Eric Fisher, man, I think that's where I'm going to be zoned in. If I'm a Chiefs fan, that's what I'm looking at anytime that Kansas City has the ball. I think just that whole Tampa front, because we didn't know when we did the preview for Tampa Green Bay, we didn't know Vita Vey was coming back. And I thought Vita Vey made his presence felt unsurprisingly against Green Bay. He was pushing the pocket. He's playing a lot of snaps. And he's just, for someone that's 350, he can move. And you know, with him, and you never know what you could get from Sue, like this D-line, you know, they have a chance to, they could cause some serious damage. I think they have to. Like, they have to dominate this matchup to, really have a chance of winning this because you know the matchup is there storyline of the super bowl what do you got i think it kind of has to be brady mahomes right do we have to go to generica no yeah i hear you because this has so this is this to to touch on that right you have the guy that's won six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who everyone is calling the baby goat. I mean, I've already said that he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where if you're Tom Brady, you're like, all right, I could win another one and then make it <laughs> even harder to catch. Like it's harder, ready to catch him. Now it's going to be like borderline impossible to catch him. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're Mahomes, you're like, yo, I'm one step closer. Now I'm only four away from a super from time Brady. And the makeup of this team, I you know, spoiler, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So I think, yeah, the quarterbacks are the matchup and the storyline to watch. But I think it's so much more legacy in this one when you're looking at the quarterbacks. And I don't know how many times he's been considered the underdog, but Brady's definitely an underdog here. So that's another fascinating thing to look at. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're currently a three-point underdog this like, weekend. Off the top of your head, when has he been? You could look at the Rams in his rookie year. Um, what else comes to mind? Like maybe the Falcons because the Falcons were such a juggernaut, but that was kind of even. I don't know if you could really call them an underdog when they played Atlanta. I actually have that in front of me right now that. that i could find so you want to know what is it that you want to know exactly when, when have they been considered the underdog in super bowls oh under brady okay so yeah. i have the super bowls here right so let's go let's just go backwards from appearances you know starting with the rams so they were two and a half point favorites against the rams are you serious yes against the great show on turf no, 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 no. I'm talking about like this. The, sorry, oh, the, 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 the Sean McVay, Jared Goff. Yeah. Okay, so, so I'm working I'm working backwards bad, like yeah. from here. Okay, so yeah, no, but I'm glad McVay. that you mentioned that. Okay, so they're yeah. two and a half point favorites against the Rams uh, two Super Bowls ago. 
Against the Eagles, they're four and a half point favorites. Against Atlanta, they're three point favorites. Against Seattle, they were an underdog. They won outright. Right. Seattle rain champs. Both against the Giants, they were favorites. Lost both. You know, just just saying, Alan. Just saying. Facts are facts. Facts are facts. Um, Seven point favorites against the Eagles. They did not cover, but they won. Seven point favorites against Carolina. They did not cover, but they won. 14 point underdogs to the Rams (laughs) the first time. Man. So he's been an underdog in one, two of the Super Bowls. Wow. And he's won both. And he's won both. Shout out to Adam Vinatieri and Malcolm Butler. Shouts to Adam Vinatieri, baby. <laughs> Kicker love. That's what we love yeah. to see. So let me ask you this one, Alan. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? This, uh, this offense right now is firing on all cylinders. And is play- it? You don't think so? No. You really? don't watch the second half? No, I know, but I kind of feel as if they took their foot off the gas there. I don't know. I feel like Brady missed a few throws, a couple of breakdowns and protection. That's the kind of game Brady needs to have for him to not win Super Bowl MVP. Like, uh, who would you have given MVP to in that game? With Brady, Green Bay? Yeah, because Brady, like, almost threw that game away. He had three interceptions. Like, I would have given to your Shaq Barrett JPP. Yeah. Or, or maybe Godwin. Godwin you can make a case for. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, probably yeah. Fournette, though, too. Dude, that run. Oh, my. <laughs> that had to be the greatest play of his career. I never seen him. He broke a few tackles, then that spin move. I was like, what on earth is this? So, you don't think Tampa Bay, they're firepower. I think they unleash Gronk. I think this is the best game that Gronk had all year was against Tampa Bay. He had six wow. for 106. I- they clicked in that one, yeah. Um, on seven targets. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there were games where, like, I think against Detroit, he might have scored a couple touchdowns, but that looked like the old Gronk. And look, man, this is this is why you came back if you're Gronk, right? Like, why not fucking – you're not hiding Gronk now, right? Like, you're not – remember towards the tail end of that Patriot run where they'd leave him into block more or they wouldn't expose him over the middle because he was so valuable to the team. They didn't want him to get hurt. Now, bro, it's balls to the wall, man. Just unleash them. The thing is, there's just so many, there's only so many targets to go around. Like, you look at that, especially if Antonio Brown plays. Uh, how many targets can he get? Like, if anything, you kind of want to see what you can do in the red zone if Mike Evans gets double teamed. Yeah, you got Godwin, Evans, AB might play, Fournette at the backfield. They've been using Cameron Brake more. So you're right. You're right. The, the idea of, you know, last time out, he was second in the team in targets with seven in that game. So, but I do think that (laughs) Kansas city could be exploited over the middle. So that's a, that's a spot where, you know, I really like Godwin. I think Godwin could have a really nice game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I think Gronkowski as well. It will be interesting to see if they look with that offense, like you can't really control the ball because there's so many big play weapons, but you know, Kansas State's run defense is suspect, and you always want to try to keep Mahomes off the field. You know, will they try to commit more to run with the likes of Fournette and Ronald Jones as well? Because Tampa Bay has a very good O line, so I'm wondering. Even though Bruce Arians, he's pretty much a vertical style offense all the way. You know, do they dial it back a little bit and you know, try to 
uh, try to make the game shorter because if say if Kansas City they get what 24 25 minutes of possession you know that can make a difference even though look that offense they're capable of put up 40 points even with that all right the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Allen win this game if their D-line has to dominate. Like, they got to get consistent pressure. I'm not going to put a number on sacks, but they have to get consistent pressure, and they have to force at least one, if not two, turnovers. Like, they really got the win up front and not allow Tyreek Hill to get, you know, a couple of 30-plus yard plays. They got to try to limit him, you know, make your open field tackles. You know, Kelsey's going to get his. We know that. But they could just just rattle Mahomes, you know, force a turnover here and there and contain Hill, I think that's how they'll win. Because I think they're going to score points, and, you know, I do expect them to, you know, score in the red zone. It's just a matter of what the defense does at this point. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks win if Patrick Mahomes catches COVID. <laughs> I just I just don't see it, man. I don't, I don't I'm, see I'm it. I'm trying to look at it like a more of a, like a funk, rational standpoint, but okay. Yo, you know um, – Brady's never in a Super Bowl. They've always been close games. Every Super yeah. Bowl Tom Brady has played has been one possession with the exception being the last one against the Rams, where like that game just sucked from start to finish. Right. And they just completely... I feel like the win over the Eagles was kind of convincing. It was, and then like it was like a backdoor cover kind of game yeah. where where the, the the scoreboard was closer than what the game was like. So you're right, right. But, but besides that, no, they've been nail buyers. They've been some of the most dramatic conclusions ever. Yeah, and 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 Brady, you know, there was a trend when he was with the Pats where they didn't score any points in first quarters of Super Bowls. Wow. Like they really just slow it down, take their time sort of get an idea of what everything is like, you know, it's you're, you're, you're playing in a Super Bowl. Obviously if you're Brady, you've played in so many, but some of the other guys, like how many guys on Tampa Bay have been in Super Bowls? Gronk, JPP. Sue with the Rams. Sue with the Rams. Good call. And then that's it. That's it really. A, McCoy a lot of the, last year, I guess. Wait, McCoy. Oh, yeah, LaShawn? LaShawn McCoy, yeah. I'm not sure if he's even going to be active. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the thing. That's what makes this team so fascinating because look at guys like Mike Evans and Levante Davis. Like, they haven't even made the playoffs. and They've been in the league for like seven, eight years. Like They've been at the cornerstones of this franchise, and now they're finally here after years of putting up with so much nonsense and chaos. All right, on a, on a serious note, though, I, I think Tampa Bay wins wins this game if – Gronk and Godwin can really have monster games. Like I think that middle of the field with like Sorensen, Sorensen on like a Gronk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Godwin and Sorensen, like those kind of matchups in the slot. I think they could really, really take over if you're Tampa Bay, and that's where I would look to sort of take advantage of Kansas City. But I think those two guys need to have box score filler games for Tampa Bay to have a chance to win and. I think what you said ultimately would be the answer, though. Like, that defensive line needs to show up and cause mayhem against Pat Mahomes. And now without that left tackle, which I sort of highlighted that one-on-one matchup as, like, a matchup. But I I agree with you on that one as well. I also want to point out, though, like, Tom Brady needs to protect the ball. I know it sounds like a general statement, but, like, 
you know, I think he's put the ball in harm's way too much. You look at the Saints game, you look at Green Bay. Like there were some real errant throws, and the last thing you want to do is give Kansas City extra possessions. So I think it's essential for Brady to have a mistake-free game. All right, Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, Allen. If where to begin? Um, <laughs> if they just consistently, you know, obviously with their offense, if they get in that flow, whether it's you know hitting Kelsey over the middle, you know, using their wide variety of play action designs, like pretty much what they've been doing offensively. Like, I don't even think they have to run the ball much, like because as you know, Tampa Bay is one of the best run defense leagues. So I could just see them, like pretty much kind of going like the Buffalo route where Mahomes is going to throw the ball pretty much 40, 45 times, no problem, and just exploit those matchups. So I think if Kansas City wins, just they generate those big explosive plays what they've been in all season. And then defensively, you know, they still, even though they have some holes, they still got players that can make a difference. Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, you know, Frank Clark tends to come up big in the playoffs. Like these are guys that are difference makers. So um, I could see, you know, if Kansas City wins, uh, I think – Matthew's someone to watch out for because they love blitzing and you know Brady's someone he could get blindsided by it and you saw against Green Bay like Fournette not always the most wisest player when it comes to picking up blitzes he could put his quarterbacks in harm's way and then you got a Swiss Army knife like Honey Badger one turnover bang so you know, if Kansas City wins generate big plays force a few turnovers it could be a wrap at the fourth quarter yeah man I think. I love Honey Badger, dude. You know, I did a I did a segment one time with Taryn where we talked about like our favorite players to watch. And I said my favorite player on offense to watch in football, that's not a quarterback, was Tyree Kill. And on defense, it was Tyron Matthew. It's just so crazy to me that they're both on the same team. They're human highlight reels. They really Every are, week. man. They're yeah. so fun to watch. But dude, I think Kansas City wins this game if they turn it into a shootout. I think if Kansas City jumps out to a lead and then Tampa Bay got to play from behind, I don't think Tampa Bay is built that way. Despite how much firepower they have, I don't think you want to get into a track meet with Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. Like, think about how that game turned out in Tampa when they played earlier this year. What was it 27 right. nothing, 21 nothing? And then yeah. before you know it, they're not built to come back like that. They're built to play with a lead, and it's exactly what you saw this entire playoff run from them. So, I'm uh, uh, if if I'm Kansas City, I want to turn this into a Pat Mahomes shootout. And, and you're also giving Spagnola more ammunition to develop those blitzes. Like if if you have four, if you have to abandon the run, then you're just like, okay, he get really creative. But you've seen, uh shed the corner you know he's got like four sacks these last four games he's someone that can make a difference uh Trey davis ward thinks you know picking up his play a little bit so it just i don't think this is a game where you want tom brady throwing the ball more than 40 times especially you know he's been playing like it's look they've had to go three road games like eventually that wears you i know they've had the rest but you know brady's taking some punishment and he just he's someone that i don't trust to throw the ball 40 times without making a few mistakes at this point in his career so um, they gotta, they gotta make sure they keep this game within, you know, somewhat of a good margin. Like I was gonna say one possession, but that can be difficult. But at least, don't let it be more than two possessions. Yo, you know what else I think is gonna be an interesting one, man. I think, I think special teams might play a role. 
I think with like hard, I think Hardman's going to have a moment in this Super Bowl. I really do. I think the 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 Tampa Bay Bucks special teams, um, in in coverage, is twenty third in the league. But there was, you know, Deontay Harris when the Saints played him, right? There was like a shoestring tackle that saved them from like a return punt. So I think Hardman with potentially Demarcus Robinson out or we don't know what his status is going to be. Sammy Watkins is always one slant away from pulling a hamstring and then he's out. And then, you know, I really like that video of Hardman fumbling in that Bills game and then Kelsey and Mahomes being like, yo, man, you're going to make a play, bro. You're going to make a play. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. We got you. And then he goes out and he makes a play. So I think, you know, this is a guy they spent the first round pick on, bro. Like this thing, some jobber. And I think Hardman is going to have a moment in this Super Bowl. And I yeah. think if that happens too, it's just going to make the route easier for Kansas City. Yeah, that bubble screen. Like they went to in the next possession, he just took off. And that's, he you know what? Good. I'm glad you mentioned the bubble screen because I think you're going to see more of that this week because of no Eric Fisher. So, one way to neutralize that pass rush, we've seen Brady do it all the time, bro. Like, mm-hmm. Brady, you got an elite pass rush. All right. Three step drops, slants, slants, bubbles to Wes Welkers and Edelman's of the world and Amendola's. Now I can see Mahomes. If the pressure is too much, game plan quick, bam, just get that shit out really quick, and then you're good. And they have a tight end who could do serious damage in open field with it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. They're yes, offense. Sir. They got everything. They're loaded. <clears throat> All right, Alan. Official prediction for the game. Going. Go Kansas City 3420. Wow. Okay. So you have it like rather comfortably, huh? Yeah, I think Tampa will probably get garbage time point just to help with Brady's self-esteem at the end. Wow. I just okay. I think it's I think it's a mismatch. I think Kansas City is just so loaded. And I think that Buffalo game showed this defense. They might not, they might be a little unbalanced when it comes to you know star power and then some of their role players, but Dude, Spagnolo, he delivers, man. I I thought that Buffalo game was incredible. Like it was super impressive what they did. You guys hear this shit? Alan's telling me that Spags delivers. Like the boy don't notice. He's <laughs> yeah, been doing it since two thousand eight. Been doing it for years, man. Nah, yeah. but dude, you're you're right. You're right. And I think that, um, you know, my hot take, Alan, was I was I was gonna say something along the lines of a fourteen to seventeen point win for Kansas City, mm-hmm. but you're right in line with that too, man. You know, I, I think, I think 37, 23, 37, 20. Uh, I really don't see this, you know, it's weird, right? Like we saw the Packers bucks game earlier this year, and then sort of it repeated itself. Right. I see it again happening where we're going to see what we saw last time. Kansas city is going to jump out to the lead. Just too much firepower, man. And Mahomes, Mahomes is that dude right now. And I know Brady's still there, but that second half against Green Bay, after you said it too, started thinking about some of the plays that they left behind and left on the table. I think Kansas City wins rather comfortably. Right. Because I think, remember the first matchup, like they were about to score good, but then Shaq Barrett got the strip sack on Mahomes in the red zone. Like that first half, they were getting the red zone every single drive. And you saw against Cleveland, you saw against Buffalo. Like this team, they just know how to put themselves in positions where they're going to score almost on every drive. And I just don't think Brady at this point is able to compete with that. You know, it would take, it would have to take like a monumental effort from the skill position players. I'm talking about 
you know, Godwin needs to make a whole bunch of plays. Evans needs a couple of like 34 yard plays. AB channeling his old self. Like their skill position players are going to have to like just really win every drive for them to win because, you know, look, I'm not going to discount Brady of his accomplishments, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't think he's been all that impressive this year. And I think people kind of overhyped him making back to soup. What's impressive achievement? And look, the throw to Scotty Miller, well done on that. But I was pretty underwhelmed by him against Green Bay. And I didn't think he looked all that good against New Orleans either. So it wouldn't surprise me if he struggled in this one. I love it. I love it, man. Look, I, I know we kind of shitted on on the Super Bowl week leading into it, but I'm, now I'm a little bit more fired up for the game. I know once Sunday comes around and, you know, I'm not working Monday. I'm taking the day off. A well-deserved it should be day national off. holiday. It should be. In that, yo, it really should, dude. Like, honestly, like, man, like oh, $150 million, Half the country is going to watch this. Can they put, like, President's Day on, like, February? Like, the day after Super Bowl should just be President's Day or something. Like, because that's, like, a holiday as well. Like, oh, they just got to figure it out. Because the way they stretched out, because the weekend's going to be on for, like, 30 minutes. Like, halftime shows long. And then it ends at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Like, East Coast, man, we got we to gotta sleep. Yo, it's for real, man. For real, dude. Like, that's fuck. Right. It's yeah. going to be. <laughs> I, I don't want to buzzkill, though, because I do think Tampa Bay is a really fun roster. I think it's a cool story. They pretty much went all in this offseason. And look, they're here. So they've definitely won the offseason. Like they've definitely, their plan has come to fruition. But they win or lost, this is a huge achievement for them. It's just Kansas City is a juggernaut right now. And I think there's just too many mismatches for me to really believe Tampa Bay has a chance, barring their pass rush. Like pretty much, yeah, you're going to like this. Like their, their pass rush pretty much has to go like, oh, wait, Giants for them to win. That they just have to completely take over. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think yeah. that's exactly what needs to happen for them to be able to, to to win this game and pull off the upset. I mean, if we're looking at the game line, you know, they're a three-point underdog, so they're technically the underdog. Mm-hmm. But I just think that we're, we're in the early stages of something special in Kansas City, man. Like, it's <clears> – <throat> we're watching the next big dynasty. Again, they're one yard away – six inches away from potentially this being a, a third Super Bowl appearance. You know, I know woulda, coulda, shoulda, but Damn. it's... D4-0 is the best. <laughs> Just D4. Yeah, crazy, right? But, you know, they ended up getting the Super Bowl last year, and then they, they're there again this year, and I, I just think there's so much... They're, they're levels ahead of everyone else in the AFC, man. Mm-hmm. Even, like, everyone was was hyped about Buffalo, and they were excited about Josh Allen, but Sometimes when that stallion comes on the field, man, it's just it's just too hard to get away yeah. from. Yeah, I got I got a good question for you. I saw this uh, shot to Stephen Ruiz. He posted this. Uh, who would you take? You know, maybe after Super Bowl, you'll have a different opinion. But at the this threesome, who would you take? Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, or Warner, Falk, Holt? Well, you know. <clears throat> I love Tory Holt, number one. Yes, that's why I'm asking this because I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Tory Holt. My my first favorite wide receiver, probably still my favorite. Him and him and like uh, Randy Moss and your boy Julio are like my favorite wide receivers. But oh, Calvin was up there. I would I would say I would take Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, and here's why: because of the era of football now, running back, and I know Falk was the first of his kind, really, who you know, hundred catches, like, 
you know, being that dual yeah. legit running back that we see, like the McCaffrey's right. and Barkley's of the world yeah. and Camaro's. Him, him and Brian Westbrook for me started. Right, right. They were they were ahead of their time. Like those guys, mm-hmm. their game could have translated to the 2010s, 2020s. Mm-hmm. But man, I think when it's all said and done, Kelsey is going to be a Mount Rushmore tight end if he's not that already. Uh, Tyree Kill is probably the most. Got to be careful how I say this, but a unicorn wide receiver. Like, have we ever seen anything like Tyree Kill, bro? No. Size, speed. You know, I made the comparison of him to Steve Smith, the Panther Steve Smith, mm-hmm. but he blows Steve Smith out the water when it comes to speed. So we've never seen mm-hmm. a guy who's, what is he? What's his Wikipedia have him at? Tyree Kill. I, th- I want to say six foot. No, is he five ten. Yes, that'd be five like ten? five not. Yeah, he's five ten. He's my height. Okay, okay. Runs a four two nine forty, and I I feel like Wikipedia is lying to me when they tell me four two nine. He <laughs> he seems like he's running a a, a four four oh seven forty. Like he, yeah. no one can catch him. It's crazy. Yeah, how crazy was that slant though against Buffalo? Like, who? No one does that. Nobody does that, bro. I posted yeah. it on my Instagram too. Yeah. Like it was really, it wasn't even a slant. He kind of just like it was like there was, around, like. <laughs> there was no like no plant and go. It was just like yeah. snap, Bang. just gonna pivot that way. And then there's seven Bills players around me, and I pick up fifty plus yards, whatever it was. It was yeah, that, he he just he's just know, terrifying, man. He's terrifying, and you really can't game plan for him. You could do your best, but speed kills at the end. Dude. Speed kills, and then you factor in that they got a guy in Travis Kelsey that you still have to account for. And then you have Mahomes who, dude, he makes anybody shine. I'm telling you, Kansas City probably looks at the drafts and free agents, and they're like, all right, who runs sub 4-5? Oh, you do Byron Pringle? All right, bet. Get your ass out there. Somebody predicted John Ross is going to go to the Chiefs and like get 800 yards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? If you're not, if you're Kansas City, you're not taking stabs on guys. Like, yo, do you run four three? Yeah, all right, you're on our team. There we go. That's it. Imagine, imagine they get like Wolf Fuller in the offseason. Just get like a one year pro deal, Wolf Fuller. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> god. Poor Watson's gonna cry. Like, you're just why Jesus. is this happen? Jesus. But uh, all right, man. I'm excited though. I'm not. The, I'm not basketball. I think it's a really compelling matchup. I just, I just think Kansas City, the juggernaut. It's for real and. There's just too many mismatches. All right. There you have it. The Super Bowl preview show. Another one down. Alan, as always, my brother, I appreciate you coming on. Um, where can people find you? Is there is there anything you want to promote, man? The floor is yours. Uh, not the moment. You just find me at Alan underscore Stirk. That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. Uh, guys, thank you so much for following along this football season constant growth for the show and i am forever indebted to all of you who listen and to and who share if you could take the time to just give us a rating on itunes if you listen to the show on itunes that will mean a lot five star rating please alan my man i gotta say um i don't know if you saw the clip but people i called it earlier after i was done shoveling for five hours yeah yeah uh you know I, I like to be very honest with the audience mm-hmm. and I like to be very transparent. I loved that comment that you made to me in the text. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just go to my Instagram. Or if you haven't listened to the pod with Samantha Wendorf, who's an actor and we talk about like criticism. It, uh, I appreciate you, bro, because I know that it's coming from a good place and 
And uh, I'm glad that you, you respect me enough to uh, feel comfortable enough as well to, to say something like that. So I wanted everyone to hear this as well, even though I've, I've texted this to you. Yeah. Cause when you, when you take the time to listen to something, especially as deep as that, you know, podcast was, it was like, okay, I want to get something out of it. But then I was like, all right, what more could you have done? Or, you know, maybe what kind of approach I would have taken. So it's always going to be constructive because, you know, I want to see the show continue to grow. And I appreciate that, man. Once again, uh, guys at the lamp shows, where you can find me at veterans minimum was where you can find the show. Let me do <coughs> the Patreon people while we're here. We got Mike Wozniak, Nick Chavez, Derek Pleates, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson hoops, Jake Powers, Devin Rendon, and I believe that's it as this just scrolled up on me. Yeah. Uh, you guys should have gotten your merch already, or at least this week. By the end of this week, you should be getting merch. Those are you who were in the tier and were eligible for the merch. I appreciate it. And also, um, I'm starting to take pre-orders of the gray and gold crew necks and uh, crew necks as well. They're going to be going on sale after Valentine's Day. And yeah, just reach out to the show at Veterans Minimum or to myself. And one last thing, programming note. After this week, we will be moving back to the two episodes a week format every Monday, every Thursday. A lot more podcasts and chills. Alan will be popping up every now and then when some wild shit goes down. But we're going to dive into the NBA heavy, heavy. So thank you all for listening. Much love, everybody. And enjoy the game on Sunday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.